Hello, welcome to the Sports and Songs podcast with your hosts Dan and Andy. This is our premiere pilot episode that we'll be doing. Uh, welcome, Andy. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. And yourself? Doing good. Doing good. We've been looking forward to doing this for a while, and now tonight uh, is the first one. We're going to be the show is called for the listeners. The show is called Sports and Songs, and because you and I, Andy, both have a have a uh, a, a love for sports and rock music. This is going to be a fun little one-hour show we're going to plan on doing weekly. Yes, that's the idea. Yep. And the the, the format for right now is we're, we're hoping to get comments from listeners um, with questions and, and so forth. And we're going to, I think, go with the format uh, for the first 45 minutes to talk about sports. Sports in general, national sports on the national level, state, even prep prep sports, and then in the last 15 minutes, dedicate that to uh, local and national music, uh, albums, CDs, concerts, tours, music-related information, and we'll mix it up, and uh, that'll, that'll, that'll bring our hour uh, up, up, to the, uh, up to the mix, so I'm excited about doing this. Uh, would you want to get started first, Andy, on, do you want to talk maybe Vikings or, or Twins, or, or do you have a, a set uh, schedule here we should go down for today? I was kind of looking at some stuff here. I was looking at uh, uh, high school sports. Oh, yes. Um, we'll start at that and then we'll work our way up. Um, go, uh, yes. We'll go in order of age, chronological age. It's a high school prep. Now, prep, as if the listeners are aware of or not, tonight, and I think it's also tomorrow, is the we're down to the final three weeks of prep high school football in the Minnesota State. And so these are all really considered our quarterfinal games, is it not? And this is the, and they call it the state, really, because you've won your section, and there's eight sections in in your in each class, and the winners go to the state tournament, which is more common in, I guess it's hockey, uh, wrestling, basketball, and baseball. But for football, this is the state. But what's really important here in the state is the prep football that that's held at the U.S. Bank Stadium, and that's really the final week in the championship games. And even is it not the week before, the semifinals now are also hosted at U.S. Bank Stadium. Correct, yeah. And I think it's, isn't it usually the Friday after Thanksgiving, that Friday, Saturday, is usually when it has the finals. It's always on the Thanksgiving uh, weekend, yes. And so I think this weekend now it's the quarterfinals, which means, here's, here's the thing that I like about the uh, high school football tournament. It's the last week of outdoor football in the state. Um, yeah. The next, two, the, next, the, the next week, oh, there's, there's a week off. The semifinals are next weekend. Then there's a week off, and then the prep bowl, which is the last. Uh, the game, those games are all indoors at the U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings play. But this is it. Regardless of the weather, there's outdoor football for those who uh, the hardcore fans love this time of year because it's the last football you'll see outdoors for high school uh, for the year. Yep, tonight and tomorrow are some of the close, and uh, the semis are next week, and then the finals on the 29th. Yeah, I like it. I it's I think it's all fun stuff. Do you have any certain uh, teams uh, you're rooting for? Teams that you hey, you know what? I did see that Eden Prairie lost. I know, I saw that. That's gonna be kind of exciting now. Someone new in there. It's like when like the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, everybody wants to watch it. Someone new in there. Yeah, they got beat on an upset uh, by one point. 
And I think it was it was Rosemount. And and for those listeners that aren't aware, you know, Eden Prairie's been winning and gone going to the state for how many uh, state uh, straight years and won all these various uh, titles. I don't know if it was eight out of the last ten years or something in the big schools, but they, they've they've lost and aren't even in the uh, quarterfinals here this weekend. They're actually out, but they went into overtime with Rosemount, went down, scored, and kicked the extra point. And then, uh, and then the the other team, Rosemont, came down, scored, decided to go for two, and and shocked them, and they and they won that game. So that that's that makes it fun too. Like I said, new teams, new fresh uh, fresh teams will be in there. Anything else on? Rosemont did lose last night to Champlain Park. So. Oh, they did. So now they're out. Okay. Okay. Yep. And that's the big schools. What what is that now called? Is that the seven A? 6A. So the 6A are the uh, the select big schools, and after that, uh, it was down to 5A, 3A, 2A, 1A, and 9-man. But the 6A is only, I think, 32 teams in the state are even eligible to even be in that bracket or, or something to that effect. And they all basically kind of make the tournament, I think, for their bracket. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, and I look how whatever bracket three, you, know, you got the little hometowns like Minnesota, you know, like home towns you've lived in or living through, you know where they are, family. Almost seems like every bracket there's a town I'm familiar with, so you kind of got to get a horse from every state. Um, looking here at 1A right now, uh, Underwoods in there. Oh, familiar with Underwoods. So the, oh, yes. Working for the, you know, nine men winning back. I got family up there. I went to there and there, so I'm cheering for them. And also, Things like that. That's what's kind of fun, too. You see a little pile you've heard of and talk to you. Good, you know. Yeah, that's that's good. Now, what else for prep? Um, we don't, we're not going to be covering any volleyball on the show here, are we? No. <laughs> no, the football football's good. I do like high school I'm sports. I'm going to talk about it. That's what I want to talk about. That's, that's right. And, but football is... Football is is fun here in the state. March Madness, I think, for the state of Minnesota is the best when you've got all those back-to-back-to-back weeks of basketball, girls' basketball, boys' basketball, hockey, wrestling. They all lump in there together. But this time of the year is, is fun for football. Yeah, football, then, yeah, we'll get the college bowls and then our high school tournament start up in mid-February. That's a winter sport. That's fun. Now, what do you think about college? You want to move on to the college uh, football? Big game? You know, I was hearing the other day they said something about uh, number five against number 13 tomorrow at the bank um, at uh, Oprah and Penn State. I guess ESPN was supposed to be here, but I guess the uh, LSU Alabama game was a little more important. Well, they were they were thinking, and now I think there was something with the Big Ten Network was thinking of maybe doing a, a pregame show or something because this is the this is potentially the biggest game home game for the Gophers this late in the season. Uh, since 1960 or 1961 or something, I, I was I was wow. reading about. This will be fun. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. The game starts at 11 a.m. on Saturday. That should be huge, and it's sold out. And the weather should actually be good. It'd be nice and cold, brisk air, but it's going to be a fun atmosphere, I think, for yeah. for the fans. Yep, the adrenaline will be going, and it's fun to see another undefeated. They haven't been undefeated this late season, and as long as I know, Penn um, State undefeated. So. That's their home national championship. Hopefully, spoiler. 
just kind of really two undefeated teams that we do for Correct. Um, and, and so Penn State is, is what, ranked fifth? Five, Gophers yep. are, uh, what, 13? I'm sorry? Are they 13? Gophers? I think so, yeah. Gophers five are 13. Five against the 13, yes. So that'll be good. Now, the other the other thing, Andy, what's your thoughts on, well, did the Gophers have a, have a weaker schedule this year, or do they just have the tougher teams now coming up at the tail end of the season? the weaker teams that really part of the schedule so we get up to get start like this. Now we have Wisconsin coming up after this, uh, Northwestern, which end of the year you never know. They're, they're going to have to lose they might be all out. Then uh, Iowa, I believe, and Iowa is the noise. Oh, yes. And, yeah. So for them, two and two, Wisconsin's got a couple losses. I don't know how it works out the bowl, how it's all changed, but it'd be nice if we can Oh yes, that's always the goal. Um, so, so, like you said, we're eight and zero. You win you have four games left. Even if we go two and two, well, you're sitting at a ten and two record at the end of the year. You're going to be playing at a at a higher caliber bowl game than the, a typical Gophers bowl game at the end of the year. A Liberty Bowl, the Music Bowl. The, 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 yeah. uh, the, uh, the 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 bowl games in Detroit uh, or you know Tempe or, you know so it's it'll be fun I think this year and even if if they go if they win all four highly unlikely but that puts them at twelve and zero if they lose the remaining four they're eight and four they're already bowl eligible they'll be in a mid level bowl but I think if you beat Northwestern and Iowa. Uh, and if even if you lose the Penn State and the Wisconsin game, like you said, ten and two, I'm happy with that. I'll take that every day. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Uh, how about the other game? Now we got the is it a uh, is the Alabama? That's the LSU Alabama game tomorrow, yep. and, and that's the tw- that's the two thirty p.m. featured game. Yeah, that's the, that's the game they're going to be watching. Yeah. Well, that will be. That will be good. And then, you know, like you say, there's only four weeks left, and then the bowls will be announced. And that will uh, be a good time of the year when that comes up. One of our episodes at the end of the year could almost be a whole episode on all the various uh, bowls or even just the championship series, uh, the thing that they've got now with the top four teams oh, right. advanced. And then the six or eight teams that come here, they want to anyway. So. That's fun. It's a, it's a fun time of the year. And then – the Big Ten also has their championship game. Uh, is it not? Is it is it the East against the West, the top two teams, and then they face off each yep. other for the championship? Yep. Yeah, that's, in, that's in Indianapolis, too, isn't it? It's, uh, the, the Lucas Oil Stadium, I Oil. believe. Yep. And so the Gophers could be, boy, 10-2. and two. They, they could actually be 12-2 and two heading into a bowl game if, 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 if they win the Big Ten. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're right. The Rose Bowl, it's an interesting mix because you're right. Ohio State would more than likely go to that championship football championship series and not be eligible to go to the typical Big Ten bowl game, which is the Rose Bowl. And so that's that would be the next best team in the Big Ten would go to the Rose Bowl, and so the Gophers 
have a chance, much better chance of going there than winning the, uh, the title or going to a big bowl game. They'll still be going to a, a top tiered bowl game, like for instance the Rose Bowl. Uh, that would be that would be excellent. Uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, for two teams ahead of Wisconsin right now in our position, almost have that lot. So, and Wisconsin um, now, did they drop out of the big ten, uh, the 20, top twenty-five? I believe so. Yes. Okay. But I know in our division, we're two games up on them. Okay. Interesting. Anything more on uh, on on college college football? Not really. You know, it's just kind of exciting. Though. It's just kind of a fun time of year. This uh, stuff. Uh, actually, well, Wisconsin is sixteen. So. Yeah, oh, really? Okay. That should be that. Yeah, it won't be long before that'll be in high gear. And so for for football, for pro football, you want to go to pro Vikings or, or pro in general? Uh, pro in general, fine with me. Yeah. Um, I, I, the Vikings got the uh, Sunday night game this week, so yes, Dallas. Sunday night, seven twenty. Yes, that will be interesting. That'll be a good game. And Thielen is out. It sounds like for sure. Now, I have a, a, a question. I'd like to get your thoughts on Mr. Odell Beckham Jr., Andy. Well, Here, here's, the, here's the question. Now, he was long time with the Giants, or, or, or several years, moved yep. to the Browns this year, and yep. has already been in violation of the, the Uniform Act, the rules, now three times. I'm not sure if the listeners out there are familiar with this, but are, are you familiar, Andy, with all three of these uh, infractions? Well, I looked. Here's what I did. Now I looked it up today because I wanted to get your point on this. I, I looked it up. Week one was when he wore that watch, that uh, Italian custom-made watch that was worth two hundred thousand dollars or something, something to that effect. And they said you can't wear that in an NFL game. And Odell Beckham said that it's not jewelry; it's plastic. And, and the rules say you can't wear jewelry on the field. And so I guess he's, he had that that plastic watch. But the interesting thing is, I guess he had worn that in the first four pregames, preseason games, and there was nothing, you know, no brouhaha about that. But when the regular season came in, they said, you got to take that off. And then in week six, his pants, his, the bottoms of the pants uh, were not down below his knees. They were up showing his knees, and which is also a violation of your uniform code. And so by this time, I think he thought that he was being picked on and, and they're going after him uh, on purpose. And then last week was the cleats. He wore the Joker cleats in a game, and that was week nine. So we've got three infractions in the first nine weeks. Do you think they're going after him, Andy, or is he just uh, do, doing this on purpose to uh, to attract all the nonsense? Well, as far as the pants, I swear I've seen other guys with the pants poking these before like that. Well, that's what – that's and, and he said that in the article that I read today. He said that uh, – there's been various cleats violations that no one talks about, various pants violations no one talks about, and there's various possibly jewelry violations, but for some reason the NFL's picking on him. So he, he does have a point, but 
I'd like to get, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts here with the, with the Joker cleats? I do like that watch that did week one that did make for some good memes and some good jokes on the internet the day after. I think, okay, taking on them, kind of a whole, draw attention to yourself while you're looking at your court. Um, you're you're going to be the, wise, the wiseacre in the back of the classroom making noise all the time. Every time there's a noise, it'll be you. He's going to do something they're going to look at for every little violation there is. So he's, he's got a magnifying glass. He's got a, now he's got a target on his back, no matter what he does. But but maybe he set himself up for that as well. You guys are two and six right now. Just, just where were you supposed to go to play the games? And you know, they were six and two or seven and one. And he, he kind of took the ball there. He, he, he got a under the shower shoot. You're a slob until you win twenty. Then you're fashionable. You're losing right now. You're a slob. Exactly. Now, did was part of the reason they brought him in was to rejuvenate that team because they've got Baker Mayfield. You know, Cleveland has not been good for many, many years, and now they're trying to bring some spark, some you know, bring some life into that team. And maybe that's what Odell Beckham Jr. thought, kind of what they meant by doing this is maybe he could make the news, maybe he could be in the on the highlights, the Twitter feeds, and the uh, trending lists by some of these actions to bring more attention. Is that part of the plan? You think? Or, or is it nothing to do with it? I think someone takes some of the focus off Baker Mayfield, which worked last year. Ah, now that that I could buy. Take some, take this, keep the spotlight uh, spotlight off the young quarterback. Yes, right. And he doesn't mind it being on him, so it's it does work. Yeah, and then the running back, they got Chubb. He's just loving it. Like, yeah, you two just get out the spotlight, and I'll just sit here and you know have 1,500 yards this season and you know 15 touchdowns and have a great. So like you said, they only have two two wins, so whatever they're doing is backfiring. They were picked to make the playoffs in some preseason analysis, yep. I think. Yeah, preseason, and they had to make it the playoffs, yeah. Or at least make it a good run court anyway, yeah. Well, that's that's very interesting. All right, so the what else? The Vikings are, are, uh, are the Sunday night game. Thielen will not be in. Right. Uh, and we're almost coming up on the how many games left. We're on week 10 now? Yeah, it's week 10, so 17 weeks. We're past the halfway mark. Um, so I'll get up next week. Uh, Carolina Panthers are at Green Bay. So see if uh, Carolina's going to do their back quarterback showing them since Cam Newton's been injured. Cam Newton's going to be with a different team next year, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's a team you kind of acted with, kind of lose what like they lost to the Chargers last week, so. That's supposed to lose that game. Packers um, are always like that. If they're going to lose four, four games a year and two of them, they should have lost. So, Carolina coming in, you never know. They got enough to lose. Uh, the Lions and Bears, Bears are playing each other, but I think they're both out of it. But Lions are 3 and 4 1, Bears are 3 and 5, so there's no wish to choose to worry about them. So, Vikings fans are going to on the Carolina Panthers this week. That's all we can do. Talk any twins, Major League Baseball, you know, the season's over. 
and the awards yeah. are coming out. I'd like to get into some of the awards and, and get your thoughts on some of these uh, postseason Major League Baseball awards. Uh, have you followed any of those uh, um, announcements? Well, I, I kind of, I've seen some of the, the people coming up. Um, I I leave blue and orange for the Mets. So they're calling, you know, uh, the crowd's name coming up. I'm sorry, guys, you know, I uh, don't think you should feel too bad for the name that's coming up there. It would be last year's winner. Yeah, they have these videos. Following not so much the awards, I don't so much, but the free agency already. And I think it's really weird is these guys at baseball signs the contracts. I mean, Strasburg's going to throw a four years, hundred million on his contract with free agency. Big Sue said, why don't you just sign kind of a big contract, big years, because we'll leave that two years anyway, and not paying all that money. And we'll leave that. Yeah, I saw one of the articles today online was the you know top free agents listed by team and top free agent needs, who's got the most money and, and who who can spend and who can get who, and I think it was the Yankees. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton said and then actually made a headline. He says, "I think we should go after and get both Garrett Cole and Strasburg on the Yankees next year." That's actually what he said. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Oh. And and to some, he might be serious, but uh, the, talk about the money in the payroll bank if that was to happen. And they're already good. But uh, those would be the Garrett uh, Cole and Mr. Strasburg are going to be demanding some big, big cash. Um, yes. But that, that's the thing is, makes the thing off cash. When was their last championship? How many years ago? Oh. 2000. Uh, Boy, when was it? Nine? Two thousand nine? Exactly. Yeah, they were at the highest payroll, get all the big names, and they were still expected twenty seven championships. Ten, so. yeah, ten years, ten year drought. And losing yeah. the first round of the playoffs is not uh, the second round is still not good enough. Even though they beat the Twins three straight games, um, their season is still considered a failure because they didn't win or get to the World Series, and that's the attitude. That's the thinking. There in New York, everything everything less is failure. Yeah, when you have that much money, that much payroll, you better make it work for you and win it. That's the that's kind of the attitude they got. Which, and I guess, I was that team. I was a fan of that team. You had all that money, all those players up there. You better make playoffs too. So now I see the um, the awards. Um, tw- twins manager of the year oh, Rocco Baldelli is a finalist there's, there's three finalists that are announced the winner will be announced Tuesday and remember we just had Paul Molitor win a couple of years ago and before that uh, Ron Gardenhire won this award back in 2010 and Tom Kelly in 1991 so it's not uncommon to have a Twins face in there he's going up against I think the Yankees manager and, and the Rays Rays manager Um, and, you know, that's the thing is, um, you forget about these guys. They made the playoffs. The Rays had a good year, but they're out early in the playoffs. Everybody forgets about them. They think the manager of the year should be the guy who made the World Series and the championship. And no offense to the Astros or anybody else or for Washington, but the Astros team, I could have coached them the 80 minutes this year. I mean, they're such a great team already right there. I mean, it's not that hard to manage the team with all those great players. Aaron Goofy and all those players, anyway, you coach that team in the 80s and 90s. 
and some like to go with the year over year number of wins, the number of the change, and that that's where Baldelli would do well. Uh, the Twins were last place. Now they they won the division uh, with a rookie manager. Um, yep. That really pulls a yep. lot of weight. Yeah, so he was a manager for a different team. Came in. I mean, it was his first year managing and won a division. So you gotta like that, respect that. I think he should get some votes. Um, I'd like to see him win it. Maybe a little homer on that, but what he did, I think he deserved it. And he never managed before at all, right? No, he was a bench coach. I think. Yeah, I mean, he never even um, – he, he was never a manager in the uh, farm system uh, or anything like that at all. He just – he was just a bench uh, coach uh, for the – in fact, for the Rays. In fact, that other coach he's going up against for manager of the year is one of his best friends. Yeah, he uh, – Rocco was up for the Rays' job and lost to him. And then he got the twin job after that at the line. Oh, interesting. And then um, I was going to go through the gold gloves, uh, not all of them, but the gold glove uh, winners for the listeners out there. That's the best defensive people at each position. And there's two interesting things I wanted to bounce across you, Andy. Uh, finalists for pitching, American League, Jose Barrios. Didn't win, but he was the, the finalist, or they narrowed it down to three. So he was in the mix. Jose Barrios didn't, didn't win it, but a finalist for pitching. And the thing that surprised me the most, the Oakland A's had a finalist in left field for Defensive Gold Glove Player of the Year in the American League, Mr. Grossman. Yeah. Robbie Grossman was a finalist Robbie for the Grossman. Gold Glove Award, playing for the A's. Yeah. <laughs> that's not saying much for the league. Oh, it's, I couldn't. I had to look at that twice. I could not believe that uh, Grossman was a finalist for uh, for left fielders. And, you know, we got guys like uh, Eddie Rosario playing left field for the Twins, who, who's not in the mix, but maybe they needed a certain number of at bats or to qualify. I'm not, I'm not sure how they how they come up with that, but I don't know. But I don't know if it's games played because so many guys in the outfield now is the guy too that switch around positions. You don't you don't see a guy play 140 games in left field or 140 games right. They just have a four man rotation in the outfield. Maybe need so many games to play that position for it. Yeah, like, and I think. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, correct. Now, the other interesting thing is for the Gold Gloves, I checked the National League. And speaking of that, we've got an outfielder listed twice. Mr. Cody Bellinger was a finalist for the center fielders and a finalist for the right fielders. The Dodgers. Cody Bellinger. Can you believe that? Two different positions. And he was originally a first baseman. Yes. I think I think there have been people to do that, to, to cross over and win them in different positions, which is really hard to do. But this year, he's a finalist in two different positions. Granted, they're both in the outfield, but he's only yeah. like a two-year, is he only in his second or third year in the league? No. Nope. I remember when he was back in the 80s. Billy Wilson got traded in the National League halfway through the year, but I didn't know if that bad got the American League batting title. Well, he did. He he won it or he didn't get it? He did win it. He did. He was going to get second at the end, but there was other players who had been traded. Had enough that bad to qualify for the other league title. They can qualify, qualify for both uh, league batting titles. And the Silver Slugger also was announced. And that's, you know, what is that? That's offensive firepower, that's your batting, uh, hits, RBIs, uh, home runs for each position. That was announced, and uh, DH 
Nelson Cruz of the Twins um, won that award for the American League, along with the catcher, Mitch Garber. He uh, yeah. won the Silver Slugger Award, which is huge, beating off everyone else in the cat, all the other catchers in the American League. Mitch Garber, who only played about half the season. Very interesting. And he'll go to more of a full-time position next year, you think? Yeah, he can stay healthy, yeah. Unless we get some stud pitcher who likes a certain catcher-all pass, but he missed every 15, but we'll deal with that too. And Mitch Garver, I think it was two years ago in the minors at AAA, led, he was the MVP at the end of the season for batting average, uh, won the batting title, I think, and was voted the MVP in the International League in the AAA farm system of all the players in AAA International League. Mitch Garber was named the MVP. So the Twins have been looking forward to him coming up because he can hit for power, average, and he's a good defensive catcher as well. So, He will be fun fun to watch. Anything else for baseball? I know we get what's called the, the hot stove league now this time of the year during the winter. Yeah, hot stove usually starts up in December when all the awards are out and free agency starts going. Uh, hot stove league comes up to all the uh, trade rumors and everybody plays general manager and wants to trade players to sign free agents and all the fun stuff. And you always know, be fancy managers that you want to be a team or you want off your rivalry team. Yeah, it's really interesting this year, too. I, I, like, the, I like that part kind of keeps going. Uh, some of the names out there, too. Interesting. And then before we know it, February's here and players and pitchers and catchers reporting to camp <laughs> and we do it all over again and we start all over again all the fun exactly exactly all right yeah, pictures and then what else then andy we got uh that that pretty much wraps up the baseball uh, anything else you can think of for the uh, the hot stove league, and that'll be pretty much like you said, December and January time frame. I, I just I, I kind of want to go uh, off, off off script a little. Uh, take thirty seconds again. Mention that Trinity Day on Monday. Uh, oh, thank you to the veterans. Oh yes, yes, that is that is Monday, November. What is the eleventh? Oh yes, that is that's coming up. So we want to make a shout out to the veterans out there. Uh, veterans Day is Monday, November 11th, coming up here this this Monday. Maybe tell people, hey, if you want, put on Facebook page, put a picture up of your family member who's a veteran, and say thank you. Yes, that would be good. We're going to be posting this in the links. Uh, and sharing it and, and encourage others to share it then as well. But uh, we can certainly do something to that effect. Uh, anything else on the sports uh, for the week here you can think about, uh, Andy? Not too much. No, we wouldn't I think we should jump in, uh, jump into the music. Uh, what, what have you got? Any anything on your end as far as upcoming music, concerts, bands, things like that? Uh, I, I got a couple of birthdays, stuff like that. Um, uh, sorry, what was that? Uh, a couple of musical birthdays. Oh, birthdays, yes. Who is it? Uh, well, Bonnie Raitt is today, 70 years old. Bonnie Raitt. Interesting. Uh, so on this day in 1971, she said we had a heaven. 
Oh, really? On this day, 1971, Stairway to Heaven was released. Yeah. Oh, very good. I like it. Any others you can think of? Uh, November 9th, Chris Jericho of Ozzy is returning 48. 49, I'm sorry, 49. Interesting. Well, I'm reading this, uh, this Motley Crue book called The Dirt. Yes. And, uh, have you, have you read this, Andy? No, but I heard, uh, I was reading on Twitter about them, uh, there was some stuff going on, rumors coming up, but they had breaking up, they're all mad at each other, and, oh, they're not going to go on tour, so they still lose this weight and everything else, and they just came back and said, hey, I'm having a back surgery, or I think it's surgery, or back surgery, or back issues, or something like that, we're all getting along fine, no one's mad at each other, we're all good, and kind of settling some arguments, nobody there, well, it is interesting for, for any of the listeners that want to read it. Uh, it's a full, unedited version of the Motley Crue book called The Dirt of Their Whole Background. Chapters basically on each of the four members of the band, how they, how they, got, to, uh, how they got into the music business, how they got in together, and how they formed Motley Crue and what they did as, as a band. And um, it's very interesting. They made a movie on Netflix uh, kind of summarizing up this book, but... Uh, basically just a high level they cut out all the real good stuff but uh, the movie itself is, is still worth it now what I'm what I'm listening what I'm listening to this week Andy I'm listening to an, an album a Metallica album this week released in 2011 called Beyond Magnetic okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not but uh, it's just an EP it's a four song EP and I like some of the old Metallica stuff uh, I didn't really like them much later but remember when that band broke uh they didn't break up but there was the album called death magnetic that was released in boy was it 2008 2009 and that was pretty good it was a whole album as they tried to get james hetfield back into the band after his rehab he was in rehab they wow. got him back and uh, went through and got sober and basically did a whole, the album, all the songs on Death Magnetic were very good, but they were very, you needed to have a, uh, have the gumption to, to get through those lyrics and the album because it was, it was basically a therapy session <laughs> on, in the recording studio. And that was, yeah, that was 2008, okay. <clears throat> and what this was, what they did, they recorded 14 songs in the studio and took 10 of them and released them on the album Death Magnetic. Um, but there's these four songs that were never released, and they waited three years later, December um, uh, 2011, really coming up on the eight, eight years ago, as they released those la final four songs and named the EP Beyond Magnetic. And that's what I've been having in the, uh, in the car stereo here this last week, listening to some old... And it's just four songs, but once again, it's Metallica. They're seven, eight-minute-long segments. These, each of these songs are long, but very good, very good, uh, very good stuff on that. Uh, it is, it is good stuff. But I'll try to review a, an album or an artist each week of something that, whatever I'm listening to that week. And um, that was it. Yeah, it show, it shows here the running time for these simple four songs on this little EP is 29 minutes. And, wow. Uh, 
it, it, it's, a, it's a half an hour just for four songs, but it is good and it is worth it. But um, I was surprised to find out that they were this recorded in the sessions back in 2007 and 2008. And the fans, I guess, have been asking whatever happened to these these last four songs that were recorded, and so they decided to put it out there. So they released it back in 2011 just to get it out. They're basically four leftover tracks. But uh, they never really finished uh, the, the mixing. They're really rough cuts, rough, unfinished versions. But um, I certainly enjoy them myself. Uh, but uh, anything else coming up here with in the music genre? Uh, no, not too, too much. I heard um, I know Tom Kiefer and was up in town last week at the Dine on Halloween. I would like I would like to see him. I'd never have seen him or Cinderella, but I was a I was a fan. I like this Cinderella. Um, several of their albums are very good, uh, including I've the. Seen him twice. You have seen him twice, okay? Yep. Taste of Minnesota was out of Oconee a few years ago, and then uh, last year, Medina. At the, Ma- really at the Medina Ballroom, and so they have Long Cold Winter, and what was their uh, original self-titled debut? Was it just Cinderella, or was uh, it Night Songs? Night Songs. He just released the second solo album, Rise. You get that online. Um, I watch a lot of the videos on YouTube also. I like the bluesy rock metal stuff like that. So. Very good album. So far, it's the last song that I've ever Well, it's the reason that we like them, I think, because you know you get that kind of a feel, a Led Zeppelin feel to their music with the uh, with the blues, bluesiness yep. thrown in the mix, which I like as well. Steel guitar in there sometimes, yep. Very yeah, good. And also, there's uh, one of those two a lot lately. Uh, Generation X. Oh, really? Uh, it's a compilation of the they made, They're touring in Japan mostly right now. It's a bunch of, uh, how can I say this? Um, older guitar players from our youth. Uh, Look at Triani, Steve Vai, uh, Zach Wilde, uh, Nino Bencourt. They, uh, over in Japan, these five guitarists have done a great show, a Delta song. I think you can find it on YouTube or uh, Spotify. It's you know, very good riff. I like this guy. Into the, the guitar riffs from that genre of the 80s. And, uh, and so Steve, Steve Vai was, was with David Lee Roth Band, and was it Zach Wilde? Was, was that, he started off with Ozzy? He was with Ozzy, yep. Ingve Malmsteen. Ingve, um, yes. Yes. Ingve Malmsteen. Yeah, and then Steve Bettencore from Extreme. I'm not familiar uh, with him at all. Uh, Bettencore? Yep, with Extreme. Um, oh, Extreme, okay. That's a good album down there. Um, yeah, good listen. I like listening to those guys. Uh, those are a compilation of all their different styles. They're all harder rock guitars. So, um, Put back the memories, if you will, for Oh, yes. Always good guitarists in those years. Yeah. You know, I did see, I was able to see Ace Fraley, speaking of guitar, uh, at a function at the, at the New Hope Cinema this last uh, spring. He was there promoting his, I think it's his new uh, book or something, and he's also doing a, uh, a a new solo album, but Ace Fairley, formerly lead singer of Kiss, or lead guitarist for Kiss, was on his own for some time under the band name Fraley's Comet, 
and he had written a book uh, about his wild wild times in in New York uh, New York City growing up and the adventures and misadventures he's been through leading to being a completely sober sober guy now and uh, yeah he made an appearance and I was able to go and and listen to him talk on uh, a little 45 minute talk uh, kind of a fireside chat if you will at the New yeah. Hope Cinema Grill and he's got some, he's always got some good music out there yeah, he's swallowed a lot of pride over the years, I think, too. I know, I know he had kind of a chip on his shoulder when they first uh, left the band. Um, oh, yes. They came back after their reunion, went back and make up, and uh, there were some issues there going left, but I think he's got that thing all squared away now. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ace And Ace was a, was the space ace in the makeup. And, uh, yeah, they did. It, he didn't like that too much when... When Tommy Thayer came in and they put the makeup back on and they left Ace out of the band, but put yep. Tommy Thayer in the Space Ace outfit makeup that looks just like Ace Fraley, and um, they called it called it the original called it Kiss called it Kiss in makeup, and and so that obviously doesn't go over too too easy do too well. This was Peter Chris when he changed and and uh, Eric Carter took over. He went more of a fox instead of a cat look. Basically, all of the fox. Well, yes, they and they had their own identities, so they were able to come in with different different people and have them in different uh, makeup uh, masks, if you will. Um, much like with Vinnie Vincent was in the band for only a couple of years too, and he had a different mask as well. And um, but now, yeah, Ace Frehley's actually his is being used by Tommy Thayer, so that, that that's kind of why it's awkward. Let's leave it at that. It's awkward. Now, who else is coming to the uh, Medina? Anyone else in upcoming shows? Nothing rock-wise, no. Uh, we do a lot of these country shows coming up. Uh, one that I'm kind of partial to is kind of fun to see coming up is uh, the Oak Ridge Boys. Okay. I, I grew up with mom and dad. had those going all the time, so I had that in the background. And the old country western music. I enjoy once in a while. But, uh, so yeah, Medina's always got good shows. It's, uh, check it out on Friday and Saturday night. they got good topics every now and then, good pricing. Not too hard to get through off 55. Easy to get to. I've seen, uh, I saw Ted Nugent up there uh, uh, about 10 years back at the Medina Ballroom. Yep. And and Ted, you know, Crazy Uncle Ted always puts on a good show. Yeah, Ted, Ted's good humor. I like Ted. He's a good, uh, good musician. Uh, he's, he's good to listen to. He knows everything just after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You gotta like Ted, though. He's, he's good people. Uh, in fact, looking at Medina's because right now they have a uh, ACDC tribute band there tonight. Called Thunderstruck. Oh, and that's what it's, that's a band called, Thunderstruck. Yep. Oh, interesting. I do like uh, I like I do like those tribute bands. I do. I think I get a kick out of them. Yep. These guys like hard rock bands or country bands. Kind of both generations there at Medina. So. And, uh, we got Blackhawk coming up here. Ronnie Millsap coming up. Ronnie Millsap. Yeah. I saw a. Uh, I did the last uh, concert that I've been to. Actually, was it was a Kiss tribute band called Dress to Kill, after their 1974 uh, album Dress to Kill, and they were dressed up, played the songs from the actual in order, from the actual sequence of their set list from the 1974 tour from KISS. And that talk about a demographic. Uh, 
if you don't know those those 15 songs, <laughs> essentially you're, you're not going to be uh, singing along to too much. But that's the only band that I know that does a tribute, but of a certain set list from a concert tour in the same sequence with the same fanfare and the same theatrics that KISS use. If you go back and watch a uh, concert from the 1974 tour, uh, this group, and they're based here in Minneapolis. Um, They have the same antics, the theatrics, and the pyrotechnics as if you were at the show. It's uh, really phenomenal. And Jurassic Park has one of the best album covers they had at this Oh, yes. I always liked that album cover. Very good stuff. All right, Annie. So we're going to hope for, hopefully, go with a a weekly format here uh, going forward, and uh, put put shows out here over the weekend on a weekly basis, and then we'll uh, we'll get them out there, uh, push them out on Facebook, and get uh, some of these out there uh, via potentially Twitter, uh, Instagram, and people can listen to them. It'll also be on Anchor. Anchor.fm will have our that's where our show is is based essentially out there, and um, people can find us. Out there, feel free to uh, share share with your friends and buddies. And what we're looking forward to, Andy, is is folks leaving comments, comments, questions, yeah. things that we can address on the following subsequent show. Yeah, we do have the Facebook page up. Sports and Songs on Facebook. Um, the Twitter and Instagram should be coming up this weekend. Uh, the production team is working on that one. Oh, they are. Oh, awesome. Yes, they're they're in high high depth or high tense meetings going on at this moment. In fact, so. Oh, I'm sure there is. And then we've got the our logo out there. I like that artwork that you've got. Is We've got some Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we've got an Adrian Peterson jersey, a Prince album cover out there, and uh, various collections of uh, music and sports uh, memorabilia there in the background. Right. Two very handsome gentlemen on the front page. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I do like that. When was that photo? What year was that? Oh, God, not four years ago? I think so. 2015 makes sense. That is awesome. I like it. I like it. Was that, was that Halloween or was that your year? That was a family birthday party, I think. That was a family get-together uh, to dr- a dress-up, a dress-up yeah. event or something, and um, that was certainly what it was with the, with the wig and, and, and everything. Yeah, the genre there. That was a good, good genre. All right, Andy. If there's if there's anything else uh, you've got here, we have got a couple minutes before we wrap up. And just happy Veterans Day to everybody on Monday. Thank you for all those who have served, those who are serving. Thank you for that. Um, appreciate all you've done. Yeah, very good. I echo the same things uh, for the for the veterans out there serving or served. Uh, happy Veterans Day this coming Monday. That is November 11th. So we'll get this issue out there, and then, like we said, leave some comments below. Then we'll go from there and hopefully try to address your questions in a future episode. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye.